Welcome to the Intuitive Woman Podcast with your host, Tina Conroy. Gain clarity, confidence, and trust in your inner wisdom. Explore spiritual topics, including intuition, healing, wellness, yoga, vibrant living, and more. Welcome to the Intuitive Woman Podcast. Hey guys, Tina here. I hope you are all doing fantastic. I just came off an amazing weekend, the Intuitive Woman Retreat, and I have to tell you that I'm still in La La Land. It was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this past weekend, and boy, did we have a lot of fun. 14 women up in Beacon, New York, and a beautiful 18th century home, amazing vegetarian meals, and a lot of yoga, healing, and interacting. We just chilled. I am looking to do a retreat in the fall. I am already getting requests and making a waiting list. So if this is something that you are in the area, or if you want to travel, it is a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It will be held in the fall. I am looking at some dates. Just let me know you're interested. You can shoot me an email at tinaconroy111 at gmail.com. I cannot wait to do it again. And the fall is going to be just as lovely as the spring. We are in the midst of the 21-day New You Spiritual Challenge, and it's not too late. You may have missed the first call, but it is fine because all the calls are recorded. We meet live each Wednesday for four Wednesdays. So even though you missed last Wednesday, it is absolutely fine. We meet by Zoom, 30 minutes, and we've been going over amazing spiritual practices to take into your life. 21 days, we always hear that. 21 days is about making a change. You'll adopt habits, rituals, maybe you'll throw some things out, bring some things in, and we have a fantastic group. So it's not too late. I will send you the first call on recording and you can join us live for the next three. And again, if you're interested, just shoot over to my email, tinaconroy111 at gmail.com. Also, guys, if you are not connected with me on my website, please go ahead and check it out. Get on my website to get connected to me, tinaconroy.com. And if you're interested, there is a complimentary energy assessment. And anywhere around the world, actually, you can connect with me and we can do an energy assessment. Let's see where your energy is at. See what's going on with you. Check out your your chakras, check out your balance, and go ahead and check that out. Well, I want to share with you my amazing guest. We are heading into the yoga territory. Yes. And a lot of you know that I am a yoga teacher. I started teaching yoga to kids in 2004 and never thought I would ever teach yoga to adults, but I have. I graduated to teaching to adults and that's pretty much about all I teach to now. Stephanie Cunningham, yoga teacher, also has a podcast and her podcast is Changing the Face of Yoga. And I love that. Her podcast is amazing. Having her on, she will be talking about why she decided to teach yoga to seniors. And one of the biggest reasons she started to teach yoga to seniors was helping her mom. She noticed her mom had lower back pain due to arthritis, and her mom was always, as she says, a firecracker. So she wanted to be able to help her and assist her and, you know, not have her be so uncomfortable. So Stephanie has been committed to changing the face of yoga along with her podcast name. I cannot wait to get this conversation going. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing today? 
I'm doing good. Good to hear from you. So good to hear from you. I love that we can talk this, you know, expansion of across the miles of the internet. So maybe you want to share with everyone. I'm in New York and you are in? I'm in Newcastle, Australia. Beautiful. How's the weather there this time of year? We're going into fall and it was just a horribly hot summer. So we're really excited about fall and cooling down and it's quite gorgeous right now. It's really beautiful. It's definitely one of my trips that I want to go on, as they say, the bucket list. So my 19-year-old my was trying to get an internship and a study abroad, but it didn't pan out. So I'll have to try another time. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Well, I'm sure you'll love it. There's a lot to see here. It's, it's as big as the continental United States, and you don't really realize that because it's an island in the middle of the ocean. So it's a big place and there's lots to see. So That's true. And not knowing my geography very well. I didn't even know that. So I just learned something new today. <laughs> so as we kind of start the kick off the conversation, I always like to bring the listeners back in time. And as we're talking about spirituality and intuition, a little bit about your past and spirituality and religion as you can remember growing up. Okay. I was raised Catholic it didn't take very well. I remember being a small child going, I don't know about this, <laughs> but it was very, very important to my mother. So I went along with, and besides, if you're eight year olds, what are you going to do? You know, but what I did, I think is I grew into spirituality where you don't really need a formal religious experience. At least I don't. And some people do, and that's great, but I have gotten more and more into universal good and connectedness and those kinds of things. And I think meditation helps that because I do, uh, I do meditate. And so I'm more into a generic, we're all in this together and everything is connected. And so how do I want to act in my life to support that belief? And I hear that a lot. Matter of fact, the, and we have the common grounds of the yoga grounds and the meditation and the, and the spiritual practices, which I can't wait to talk about. And I hear that a lot. I too was brought up Catholic and a lot of the ladies that I've been speaking with have very similar backgrounds. They were either brought up Catholic or Jewish or different background, but they are now spiritual, universal, and sort of this all consciousness allowing them to feel one with universe and spirit. So it's it's very interesting as more and more people are dropping away from the religious boundaries, finite boundaries, and opening up to this other, not the other, but I think it's always been there, just more universal. And I'm finding that even more with my young adult children as well. Oh, really? I think perhaps people weren't introduced to any other way to think spiritually when they were young. It was just this kind of organized religion. And I think as you get older, you realize that there are other ways to look at it. And I think people are starting to explore that and finding it to be very satisfying, really, to kind of shape it the way that makes sense to them, which I don't think is as easy in an organized religion. I agree. I absolutely agree. So how, when was the time where, as we move into more of the yoga for your, in your life, where did you 
find yoga or how did yoga find you, I should say? <laughs> In the year 2000, we did a around the world bicycle tour. And we ended up in Australia in September, and there was the Sydney Olympics then. And then my partner decided that he had had enough bicycle riding. That was nine months of it at that time. <laughs> and he really liked Australia, so he wanted to explore it. And I went on to Asia, which was the last part of the tour. And then when I was done, I came back to Australia, and he said he wanted to try to live here. And I said okay, we can give that a try. <laughs> and because of the things of the visa, I couldn't work, which was very, very upsetting to me because I'd always worked. So I was looking for things to do. And I went to a yoga class and my teacher was Iyengar inspired also. And I really, really liked it. And I say yoga gets into your bones and you just, I don't know, you just, it, it just grows on you and it becomes deeper and more intensive. And it's almost like a part of my life now more than a thing I do. You know what I mean? And it's, it is so holistic that it teaches you about energy and about connectedness and how to act, how to t take care of yourself, how to act within a society. And so I just feel like I'm I don't know how to explain it, except that it's just part of me now. It's not that I'm a yoga teacher or that I'm a podcaster or that I'm anything. It's just I'm, part of me is yoga. I can completely understand. And it brings me back to first, I had a practice before I even thought of teaching. And I had a regular yoga practice and I got course for me. I had had my second child and I had both my children before 30. So I was about 29 and she was a couple months old. And I thought yoga would be good because I'm flexible. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is the crazy thing that, oh, I'll be good at that because I'm flexible. I was a dancer, blah, blah, blah. And that's the only reason I decided to take a yoga class. A friend of mine had a private yoga barn. It was actually a barn on her property. It was beautiful, very small. And I took my first yoga class. And I remember thinking, I can do this. I could definitely do this. And then of course, it just got in my blood. It got in my bones and it just became part of me. The interesting part that you're saying, which resonates so much with me, is that when I chose to go on and teach, it never felt like I was a yoga teacher and then it was me. All of a sudden, how how most people go to work and then they come home, yoga was part of who I was now. And so I remember going to teach and coming back and I remember my husband saying, go have a good time. Or it, it was so interesting because I couldn't, it was almost like putting it in a box. Yoga wasn't just a thing anymore that I did Again, it was who I was and it's, it's evolved more and more and more each year. And I, I don't know if people get that if they're not teaching it, I think they get it as a practice, but then all of a sudden you have the teaching end of it, which you're facilitating and you're learning as well. And then you have the practice for yourself. It's a very interesting work of art that complements each other. There's different aspects of it and you can be part of those, all those aspects at some point within a day or within a week, depending on how many classes you teach. I'm just amazed about how it took me over. <laughs> I mean, that's not my style in life. You know, I'm kind of 
sit back and look at things and very analytical. And yet, I don't know, yoga is just me now. And I, I don't know what I'd do if I didn't have yoga, to be honest. <laughs> I agree. I had the luxury of taking a class with my teacher and she's an Iyengar teacher. And I hadn't taken her class for quite a while. And I took class this afternoon and being in her class and being in her presence always, it just is an amazing, amazing thing. And I remember just coming to Shavasana and lying there saying, why don't I go to her class more often? You know, <laughs> I want to be the student and not always the teacher. So, so share with us. So now you're in Australia and you find, you walk into yoga, you find yoga, you start practicing yoga. Take us to where you choose to get certified and move on and then where you are today. Well, I literally woke up one morning and said, I want to teach over 50s. It was kind of amazing, actually. And so I took a basic yoga course and then I went back to the States. My mom needed some help. And so I went back to the States and she is a little firecracker. And I swear I walk so fast because I was always trying to keep up with her when I was a kid. And she was walking very, very slowly and looked like she was in pain. And I said, well, mom, what's wrong? And she said, I think I have arthritis in my lower back and it really hurts. And I said, well, why don't we do a few yoga stretches? And so we did. And she's always, she's very open to new things and she liked it and she tried it. And then we went shopping, which is another thing she really loves. <laughs> and so we were out shopping and I noticed I was trying to keep up again. <laughs> I said, mom, how's your back? And she got this really surprised look on her face and she said, oh, oh, it feels really good. And I said, well, see, that's that's what the stretching did, mom, is it really helped your back. And so that just cemented it that I really wanted to work with over 50s to help in a therapeutic way to help them have a better quality of life and maintain their mobility and independence. And I came back to the United States and went to a course at Duke Medical Integrative Center, which integrates Western medicine and alternative therapies. And I learned yoga for seniors there with Carol Krukoff and Kimberly Carson. And it's really an incredible training because they bring in all the medical people that actually work with individuals who have these issues that are quite common when you get older. And so it was lovely training. It was really wonderful. So I came back and felt really good about giving yoga to older people. And so I've been doing that for about 10 years now. They're just a great group. They're really a fun group to teach because they share their lives with you and they share their history. And it's real low key. We're not going to be real intense or anything, but, and they're so grateful when they have the tools of yoga that really help them with some kind of issue that they might have. And so I've really, really enjoyed it and I really love doing it. So I rarely teach just regular classes anymore. I just, I really like my over fifties as I call them because they don't like to be called seniors. So just <laughs> <laughs> okay. I understand. <laughs> now, are you teaching them in a group form or are you, are you teaching one-on-one -on -one at this point? 
No, I actually have a room in my house that I turned over to yoga and it's just a big empty room. And so I, I can only take about 10 people, probably max, but because people usually have several issues as they get older, I prefer to have a small class that I can really watch everyone and make sure that they're doing okay. They're, they're better than I think some other groups in that they don't force themselves, but Sometimes there's some emotional issues about, gee, I can't get down on the floor. I can get down on the floor, but I can't get back up. And that is a very emotional issue about getting old and I'm, I'm losing my mobility and all of that. So it's more of an emotional issue that I'm really looking for when I'm teaching. They're pretty good about being good with their bodies, but there are, are several things that go on in a class that... Well, if you're trying to do some of this stuff and you're older, it, it may not, you can do a modification and I give a lot of those, but you may not be able to do the full, the full pose. And that often has emotional consequences. Sure. Absolutely. I don't on a regular basis have a particular group of people like that you're saying. So I see various amounts of people besides the population of prenatal, which is just prenatal, but I don't have a class over 50, but I have done a chair yoga and not all chair yoga is for older elderly. You can do chair yoga anytime in your life, but I have found that's also a very big emotional component. It's not about the modifications of the props, you know, you could have chairs and walls and blocks and all that, but it really is that from one week to another, or even a couple weeks to another, there could be a slight injury or there could be something they're going through or exactly what you're saying. They can get down to the map, but they can't get up. So then that creates that feeling of I'm getting old and what do I do with that? So it sounds like your yoga is always obviously healing, but it really sounds that you hold the space for your students and it's truly this whole picture of healing, you know, the emotional, all that yoga really should be, not that whole look at me in this crazy pose on Instagram. We could go in so many directions with yoga and I love that too. I have many friends and teachers that have a very strong practice and that's fine too. And I'm not, it is what it is, but it's nice to know that yoga is for every body, everybody, not just some bodies, you know, meaning the body. And you obviously with the backgrounds of a Yangar, I believe he said this and I'll probably botch it up, but it was yoga's for everyone from nine to 90 or something like that. It, he was always saying that anyone can do yoga from very young to very old. And I actually had the pleasure of going to Pune, India in 2012 and briefly met him. Now, when I say briefly met him, it was my teacher was ahead of me. She had studied with him. We went down to his library, which is in his home in India, and I got darshan. And I, it was an amazing experience. And being in the institute, we weren't able to take class because now you have to put your name in for over a year. It's a whole process. Being in even in his presence, I did not expect to feel that emotion. My entire solar plexus and heart chakra just kind of welled up and I had tears, beautiful tears come down my face. And 
he really has a, had a very gentle way about him. And he was always in the philosophy of that everybody could do yoga. And I just love that you're sharing that. I've listened to many of your podcasts and I want to, I want to talk about that because a lot of people are afraid of yoga now because they see these crazy images on social media. So share with us now because it sounds like such your passion and interest and purpose to have the podcast and to create the episodes and, and have people on. So I would love for you to share that. Because I have worked with seniors for so long and they're just totally left out of any kind of advertising or information about yoga. And yet I know that it's very, very beneficial for them. So what I've done with the podcast that's called Changing the Face of Yoga it's just looking at all of the people that are working with non-traditional populations. So it may be children or it may be women that are pregnant or maybe seniors. I just had a person on, her name is Katrina Kopak and she's in Boulder, Colorado, and she's working with military veterans. And she's working solely with men right at the moment. And these are men who have been through several wars Afghanistan, Iraq, and are feeling the effects of that. And so, yes, the yoga is really helping, but there are certainly ways that she has to give the class to be most beneficial for them. Or people that have addiction. I had someone who on who, about addiction, and that's she was talking very much about the disconnect that addicts feel and that they're using the whatever they're addictive substances to try to make them feel whole and connected. And so that she felt that adding yoga to their therapy was, was a way, another way for them to find that connection. So it's all of these people doing this incredible, credible work to be really of service to populations that people didn't realize that yoga could do. I mean, I think those of us in yoga know that instinctively, but the, for everyone else, it's a very different view of what yoga is. And I'm just trying to get it out there that people can have a class for almost anyone. I actually took some training once from a lady who does brain injury and spinal injury, and she has yoga classes for them. Okay. Very modified, but still <laughs> they love it. And so there's just so much more to yoga than Instagram snaps. And so I'm just trying to get that message out because I'm very passionate about how beneficial it is. People probably don't realize that unless they've had that experience that, yeah, yoga can help me even though I'm like this, whatever like this is. What do you say to people? Because I get this so often. And what do you say to people that say, I can't do yoga, I'm not flexible? I say, that's okay. That's what I'm here for is to make you flexible. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. I say that you come to yoga with what you have and you'll become more flexible. So many people feel they need to have that before they attempt it. Meanwhile, if they attempted and, and again, it's the practice and we have to explain to them, it's a practice. It's not an exercise system that you will create more flexibility and more strength. And then we obviously talk about the strength and flexibility, the duality of both, but I get that so often, or sometimes I get, now I wonder if you get this a lot too. I get, I can't sit still or it's too slow, right? You get that also. 
Yes, I do. I had a man in my class who has ADD and he was great until it came to Shavasana. And then he sat and cracked his knuckles the whole time, which I really didn't appreciate. <laughs> and, but it took a while. It really did. But after a while he could sit for longer and longer periods of time without moving, but he never did get much past about five minutes, but that was five minutes that he'd never been able to do before. So my philosophy, and I think almost all yoga teachers philosophy is you meet them where they are and you try to take them on a little journey and hopefully they like that journey and they will continue on it. I had someone on my podcast who does private yoga, you know, one-on-ones. You said that you do some one-on-one yoga and she said her purpose is to get everyone to put together their own practice at home every day. That is what they need to do. And I think that's where we have to be is people are in lots of different places and and we need to start there and, and see what part of yoga would be helpful to bring them on a journey. That's really, that's absolutely so true. As we're talking, and I know I have some things that have shaped my yoga practice. Has there been anything in your personal yoga practice that you have learned either through a situation or through an injury where you were able to have a different viewpoint on it? I was like you. I was very, very flexible. And so I could take to yoga and do everything pretty easily. However, (laughs) with age, I was very, very frustrated for about a year when I started realizing that my hips weren't going to be as flexible as they had. For some reason, I thought yoga would stop aging. I I, I do understand that that's very unrealistic, but I (laughs) I had hopes. (laughs) So it took me about a year to really understand that I was not going to be able to do what I did and that if I wanted to continue with yoga, then I had to find things I could do because I I do feel that you should keep up the movement, the asanas um, to help with mobility and independence, but that I was going to have to go deeper into the breathing and the meditation. And that's kind of where I am now. I do have a movement part of my practice and it's mostly therapeutic. I really don't at this point have any arthritis, but I want to keep the joints nice and juicy and I want to keep the muscles as strong as I can. But I am really working more on really working my way through the steps of meditation. Haven't got to Samadhi yet, but (laughs) I am trying to do that because I have to be realistic. Yes, I do see the the things on Facebook about the 98-year-old yoga teacher, which I'm very impressed with. I really am, (laughs) but I'm not sure I'm going to be one of those. (laughs) So, Yes. Matter of fact, my sister spent a weekend with her not far from here, and she said she was just really very amazing and inspiring and and also just a beautiful light. And we just really had a beautiful, beautiful light. But I agree. I recently had an injury just sort of out of the blue, not even a yoga related injury, but I hurt my mid back and it really threw me off kilter. I went through the process of trying to take care of myself and I still sort of teaching and demonstrate all that much. I have mostly 
not too many beginners. So they sort of know the classes, but it got so bad that I was out for the count. Everybody had to sub my classes and it really was a wake up call that one, I need to take better care of myself and two things happen. And so now I've been modifying. It's only been today was the first day back to a true like 90 minute practice. I have been practicing slowly modification, but every time there's been either an adjustment in my practice, perhaps an injury or a life change, it was never fun, but it has always been a learning curve to keep practicing, keep getting on the mat. And just, you may see it differently, but it is for life. It is a practice that we want to do. It sounds like both of us want to do it for as long as we possibly can. However, that maybe less asana, perhaps more another limb, you know, the eight limbs, but it's absolutely a learning journey. And I always think we have the ability when things happen to us, then we can just help facilitate and be that teacher for our students. So um, I think that's just wonderful that you're able to share what you do. And also obviously the podcast, which is just fantastic. I know you're getting fantastic reviews. So congratulations on that. Where can people find you and connect with you? Because I would love for people to be able to, to do that. You can go on iTunes and just search for changing the face of yoga because it's all up there. I also have a website and the podcast and my blogs are on there. And that's um, www.yogalightness.com.au. And then I have Yoga Lightness Oz in OZ at the end, Facebook page. And I put up, whenever we put up a new podcast like we did yesterday, I always put it on, on Facebook and and let people know about it. So yeah, any, any of those will get to me and we'd love to have everybody listen to the podcast just to know the really hundreds of things that people do with yoga. That's so helpful for, for lots of different people. So that's the passion there right now is just to get everybody to understand how great yoga is. I love it. And also I know that I believe it's on your website or it could be incorrect where it is, but I know that if there are yoga teachers or a special population, there's an application process. Can you tell us a little bit about that to be on the show? If you want to be on the show, you go to the website, the www.yogalightness.com.au and under the changing the face of yoga tab, there's a little be our guest and you can actually fill out that form. It will come to me and after a review, you would receive a scheduling link to schedule a time because I am in Australia. So <laughs> it makes it slightly more difficult to, to schedule. And that's why we went to one that actually did it for us to say, okay, they're at this time zone and this person over here is at that time zone. And then we'll set up the the interview for the podcast and would love to talk to anybody that's teaching special populations of whatever, however you define that and what you're doing. So that would be just great. Fantastic. And so I want to get to our intuition question. I ask almost every guest is what would you, what would you say the definition of intuition is for yourself? I think intuition is when you don't have a logical basis for whatever thought you have, and yet you know that it's completely and totally right. I knew when I woke up that day and said, I want to teach 
seniors, yoga, that was totally correct. And I had no idea where that came from or why. And when I woke up and said, I'm going to do a podcast so people will know what yoga is about. Again, totally out of the blue. I couldn't give you a logical reason. Um, I can now because I've thought about it, but that's what intuition is to me, that it comes from somewhere. I'm not sure where, subconscious, the universe, (laughs) somewhere, and you just know it's right. I love that. A lot of people have all different, they're all very similar and also very different answers. But I was just talking to one of my students yesterday and it was exactly that. It's like this knowingness and you just know it and it feels very peaceful in your body and there isn't really any logic to it. I mean, now there's logic to it, but there at the time it's okay. I'm going to teach yoga over 50 and I'm going to have a podcast and it just feels absolutely true and right. And I'm smiling from ear to ear because I know the feeling. So Well, we are so glad that you listened to that intuition and all that you do. There's so many people that I'm sure that you will meet and connect with throughout the podcast and throughout the connection that you have with people sharing your light. So we need more people like you. It's been a pleasure to have you on and continue doing what you're doing. Share your light and everybody go check out Stephanie's podcast. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been great.